The following episode contains strong language, violence, and use of alcohol. Previously on Masks and Mayhem. Uh, get a hold of Kevin Lewis, see what's going on, and then just kind of go about a regular day. Kevin says nothing really of note at this time. Kind of talks to you about the ongoing litigation a bit. That's basically kind of holding Union back. Yeah, so you all would recognize this person. He has been out of town for quite a while, but this is The Crafter. He is a hero that has been with Riverside for a long time. He also wears like a hooded cloak. Crafter. Pleasure to finally meet you. Likewise, Laserhawk. Yardak, I need you to answer honestly. Am I about to face a murder charge? Not sure yet there, big guy. Oh, I can't go through that again. I imagine everyone just kind of like staring out the window. Laserhawk is like a thousand yard stare. Uh, I think while you're on the way, Crafter is kind of consulting with Cassie a little bit. Last time I got my ass kicked like that, I was fighting Atlas the Alpha and he punched me in the junk. Visual aid. You and Yardak and the crafter are walking down the steps of the Riverside City Courthouse. You've just gotten out of another day of depositions. How did it go? Or how do you think it went? I think it went okay. Tiresome and irritating. Maybe not. (laughs) I think it went okay, but that is not my ideal way to spend a day. Uh, Yeah, I'm not particularly... Too worried about the outcome, but the day itself was just very tiring, very irritating, a lot of repeating of the same things over and over again. Would much rather not be in a courthouse. Uh, Visual aid, suddenly you are receiving a phone call from an unknown number. We're calling you about your car's extended warranty. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. Does it say scam likely? It does not. Um, I'm assuming this is Visual Aid's phone and not Ruby's phone. Yes. Okay, I answer and say Visual Aid here. <coughs> uh, sorry about that. Uh, so, hey, Kit Deckard here. Uh, I, I have a pretty serious question for you. Uh, not, not to worry you or anything, but, um, you heard from Brock. Um, what? I did not realize Brandon would be voicing Kit. No, Rachel, Dan, I- look at me. Okay. I'm the captain now. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> um, I'm assuming no that I haven't, so I'm going to say, uh, not today. Oh, God, um, God, are, are you with the others right now? Have they heard from him? I'll ask Yardak and the other people we're with. Um, I think it's just me and the crafter, right? Yeah, I don't know if Kit knows that we hang out with the crafter. Hey, guys, have you heard from Laserhawk? No, just been, and I mean, I turned my cell phone off when we went into the courthouse, but uh, I, I've turned it on since, and no, nothing. 
I've never spoken with him outside of group activities. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. All right. Look, I look. I I I I hate to worry everyone, but I I do not have eyes in the laser hunt right now. I have eyes everywhere, and I cannot see inside of the laser hut right now, so I don't want to jump the gun and say that this might be an issue, but I'm kind of panicking right now. Oh, well, you got it. Oh, well, she's on the phone, not me, damn it. Did they overhear that by any chance? Uh, I guess, I mean, if you, I would say maybe at this point you flipped it onto speakerphone. Hey. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, what's happening? This is so weird. <laughs> Apparently, Kit doesn't have eyes into the laser hut right now, which is weird. Um, maybe we should go down there. Oh shit! For somebody like Kit, who's like all computers, that's that's bad. We need to go. Yeah. Um, can you come with? Yeah. Well, let's move. Let's go. Yeah. No, I was. I'm sorry. That's more to the crafter. Oh, I can portal us there, but I, given what you're saying, I think it'd be best not to portal into the facility. That's a good idea. Um, I, I assume, did I take my van? <gasps> the dogs. Oh, no. If something happens to the dog. I think we've established that nothing will ever happen to the dogs. It's not that kind of show. <laughs> RC will only kill off friends, not dogs. Well, RC will only kill off friends. You have no idea what I'm capable of. <laughs> Would you kill off Brock's dogs? I'll do whatever the hell I want when I'm DMing for my character. I don't trust Brandon anymore. You shouldn't. I'm assuming I took my van, and I, so I'm going to ask the crafter, could you portal the van there in case we need to, you know, split up or anything? We Multiple ways to get around. Certainly, yeah. Do, 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 do. Run off to the van. Okay, so you're going to use the portal to van over to the laser hut then? Yeah, essentially, that's what I understood. Like, I'm going to open up a portal that Ruby, and we can all jump in the van and drive the van through. Yeah, let's hop in the van. I don't even bother to put a podcast on, because it's going to be such a quick trip. And also, this is urgent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ruby's like, Rachel, how dare she be left alone with her own thoughts? Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I I imagine I take a uh, backseat, since Yardak is, you know, the, the closer friend in this case. I'm not going to make you guys have to roll for that. That'd be kind of a dick move to throw you into 1600s immediately. So, yeah, you pile in the, the van and open up the portal, you drive through no problem, and you see that the area around the laser hut is, you know, it looks the same as always, waves are lapping up against the dock, you hear a couple of seagulls, but looks fine. Okay, I parked the van outside- I want to do a perception check. Perception check? Yeah. You know what, that's smarter. Okay, uh, while you're doing that, what were you gonna do, Ruby? I'm trying to remember, the la- does the laser hut have, like, garage doors, right? Yeah. Do I have a way to open those? Like, do I have a clicker? You do not have a clicker for Brock's hut. <laughs> I don't even know if Brock has a clicker for Brock's hut. My brother has a clicker to my house. He can open the garage. Brock is not your brother. Dan, what did you roll? A 15 overall. Okay, uh, what were you going to say real quick, Carsey? Oh, just that I was going to say, I wanted to see the result of Yardax perception but i also might want to try like levitating into the air and and kind of doing another perception or potentially an investigation check to actually like look around the facility not just giving it a glance okay starting off with what damn rolled uh with a 15 
Yeah, everything looks really normal. Oh, okay. Like, if anything's out of place, it's the fact that you see a Burger King cup rolling around outside. You know that Brock's an Arby's guy. So what were you gonna do, RC? Kind of, like, slink around, put hand to the door, see if he notices anything, try to look in any windows, like, do a real thorough uh, fly around real quick. Alright, uh, so... That's an investigate, I believe? Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Rip it, rip it, baby boy. Ooh, did not roll particularly well, so that is a total of 12. Uh, yeah, but 12, you don't really notice anything particularly out of the ordinary. You know, you do a quick fly around, and everything seems to be in perfect order. I fly back to the group. I don't take notice of any anything out of the ordinary. I don't think anything's been, like, booby-trapped or anything like that, but... <laughs> Booby. Crafter rolls his eyes. <laughs> Better than you rolled your dice? Damn. Damn. Okay, I think if we don't see anything out here, I guess we should just try and go in. Oh, okay. Is there a normal door to this place, or is it just the garage doors? Just the garage doors. Come on, Brock's extra. Do I know how to open this garage door? Do I have a code? I mean, like, you've been to the laser hut before. I'm going to assume that you figured out how to open the door. Yeah, a- anyway, I I have a thought on the door, but if there's another more normal method to get in. Uh, what is your thought on the door? Oh, uh, well, the crafter has functionally telekinesis through his gauntlet, so he I was thinking just lift the door up. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can open it that way. Okay. That sounds cooler. Are, are you going to make me roll for that? It's a door, bro. You're Gucci. Everything's too easy right now, so it's about to get harder, so just take the win. <laughs> yeah. Stretch my metal hand out. A slight glow comes around the door, and it lifts up, uh, rolls back open. Yeah, and when you throw it open... You see that things are slightly more in disarray than usual. Equipment that is usually not where it currently is right now has sort of been thrown all over the place. Uh, you see that like a lot of the doors have been thrown open. But the biggest tip-off that something is not right is that Cafe and Bodega's food dishes are empty. <gasps> we might not be killing the dogs, but the dogs are being neglected! And I, I yell, Brock! Uh, Laserhawk. Anybody here? And you hear echoing. Roll perception. Everyone. Ooh, that's a decent roll. 18 altogether. Uh, 19 altogether. Total of 17. 19, 18, 17. I also want to know if the next thing I was going to call was call the dogs, because I'm concerned. So, yeah, you all hear Ruby's voice echo throughout the laser huts, as well as a low mechanical whirring. Like from the computers that we're standing by, or like- Oh, no, no. This this one is not one of the usual sounds of the laser hut. I would like to move towards the noise, to see if I can figure out what the noise is from. What's the lighting situation like in the laser hut? Like, is the only light coming from this open door? Does it drop off as it goes farther towards the sound? I mean, like, it's a warehouse, so it's got, like, windows kind of, like, surrounding the very top layer of it, so there's a fair amount of daylight pouring in, but, uh, there's a couple of, like, particularly shadowy areas. It's all, like, natural light pouring in. There's no, like, overheads on. As I'm moving close to the whirring sound, just in case, you know what? I'm gonna give Kit a call back. He answers, hey, uh, have you found anything out yet? We're here. Something's off. Things were a little, I don't know, out of order, I guess. 
I don't see Brock and the dog's dishes aren't filled, which seems unusual. Oh. And it was like, oh, speaking of, and I go, cafe, bodega? Do dogs come? No. No! I don't think the dogs are here. Um, fuck. That does not sound good. No. And uh, you know what? I'm going to try to hold the phone up. I was like, can you hear this whirring sound? I'm trying to figure I'm trying to figure out what this is. And as you do that, it actually gets louder. And you hear Kit scream, Jesus Christ, duck! Uh, I duck. Yeah. I open a portal beneath me and just drop through it. Well, one way or the other, that's going to be dodge checks. Uh... 23. Oof. Uh, 12. I feel like I'm falling through a portal and it's like I'm falling right into it. Whatever I'm dodging. 22. Yeah, uh, Yardak and Ruby, you guys hit the deck, uh, just in time. RC, just because you said it that way, I kind of like that. Yeah, you (laughs) end up throwing open a portal and you kind of duck through it thinking that you're safe and are immediately just clobbered by a big old fucking laser. Ooh! That's Ruby's actual reaction of like, oh no! Can I, again, just like slightly more flavor like what my movement was? Uh, yeah, let me hear it. Uh, basically, yeah. So I open the portal beneath me, drop through it. The portal is below me, but then it comes out like horizontally. So I come out feet first, like into the air, and then this laser just catches me coming right out of the portal, I think. Yeah, I like that. So... Uh, so yeah, you end up dropping out of the portal, and you get nailed with a big ol' fucking laser. Roll me a toughness check. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. 26. Yeah, you actually just fucking eat that one alive. But I do imagine with the way I came out, it does still knock me prone. Yeah, yeah, it still knocks you on your ass. Okay. With that, you guys kind of look around and see that there is a robot in each corner of the laser hides. And they have their big old robot lasers pointed at you. And that's going to be initiative. Oh. In terms of, like, robots, like, are they holding guns for these lasers? Or is it, like, a laser face? Their arms are, like... Okay. Uh, Mega, Mega Man, Man cannons. Yeah. Hey! A natural 20 for initiative? Uh, 21. 17. Wait. I don't like this. I didn't want to go first. (laughs) Well, to be fair, we don't know what the enemies are doing yet, but... I don't want them to go first, either. You don't want extremely fast robots with lasers? No, thank you. No, thank you. No, no, that challenge is good. At extremely fast. Extremely bad, though. Crafter, you're up. So, I see four... How many robots? Is it three or four? Four. One in each corner. You know, conveniently in the shadowy spots where you couldn't see them previously. So, yeah, since I'm on the ground, I'm immediately just gonna... It's a, a DC-20 acrobatics check to go from prone to standing as a free action rather than a move action. Alright, uh, yeah, grip, rip it. I gotta roll pretty good for this, but... I believe in you. Yes! So I rolled a total of 24. You did that so beautifully that the robot, which feels nothing even went, that was cool. (laughs) Basically arcing my back, pushing off from my hands, and ending up on my feet. Like an inverted worm. Yeah. 
Okay, and you rolled high enough for that to be a free action, right? Right. So you still got your two. Yeah. So I would like to use assessment. So you would have to roll a, a secret insight check as a free action for me, opposed by the target's deception. Okay. It's one of my advantages. As long as these things don't hit you, you've got this. Okay. If that's the case, I would like to use my standard action then to do a portal punch, like to basically open a portal and punch one of them. First of all, I still fucking love that. Uh, yeah, go for it, bro. And I rolled, ooh, that was bad, a total of 12. Yeah, with a 12, you managed to kind of like poke your, uh, your hand through and whop them right in the schnoz one for, but unfortunately, these things have highly reinforced schnozzes. Damn those schnozzes. And I'd like to use my move action since I uh, had originally portaled to portal closer to kind of behind Ruby and Yardak. Uh, yeah. Zoop, zoop. There you are. Okay. Alright, and uh, is that your turn? Anything to say? Any, uh, I don't know, you gotta tie your shoes? Pull the cloak around me, kind of just uh, observing from behind now. What kind of action is tying your shoes? I feel like that'd be a standard action. (laughs) Even if you're quick, it takes a little bit. Anyways, Ruby, you're up. Okay, and they're all, like, equidistant from me, right? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, I'll say that you guys are, like, kind of in the middle of a laser hut right now. Okay. You know what? I kind of want to see how tough these things are. I'm drop. I'm dropping a big old anvil on one of them. Fucking sweet. Roll that Looney Tunes shit. Roll that Looney Tunes shit. <laughs> uh, I did not roll that well. I did not roll in that one. So this dice is still not cursed in the same way as the other. Okay, I rolled a 13. Alright, well, he rolled like shit, so actually, Ruby. <laughs> hey! You managed to fucking doink this thing at, like, kind of an awkward angle. It sort of, like, takes its leg out from under it, drops down to a knee. Doesn't completely eliminate it, but, you know, it was having a better day 30 seconds ago. You know, good. With that, you still have a move action or some shit like that? Um, there's nothing I can really- is there anything I can, like, get behind? You know, there's all sorts of shit lying around the laser hut, like, various big machines and crates and other, uh, big boy beefy stuff for Brock to lift. Okay. You know what, there's canonically a pickup truck on cinder blocks in there. Uh, you didn't say this, but I also feel like there should be, like, a pile of tires. Yeah, that checks out. That sounds like something that Brock would have. Yeah, I feel like we're just gonna just hop behind a pile of tires to, like, keep her safe from lasers. Yeah, Groovy. Then with that, Yardy, you're up. Okay, so if we have a square clockwise, one, two, three, four, which ones did they attack? From where you are facing, the one behind you to the right. Oh, well, then you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go for the same one, because I want to do that instead of taking on a new one. I'll attack number four as well, and what I want to do is take all my water and shoot it real hard at any exposed joints that I see, and hope that some water can get inside, and then I want to freeze it. Dude, if you get Brock's weave wet, he's going to kick your ass. Yeah, well, he should be here. Is Ruby still on the phone? (laughs) (laughs) Yes! (laughs) The kid's just waiting patiently. He's dealt with Brock long enough to where, oh, okay, well, I'll I'll be here when I get back. Okay, so roll to hit would be 22. 
Yeah, Dan, you fucking murderized this robot. Tell me how that looks. Well, don't I need to roll for the damage? Because that was just a hit. Dude, I'm already telling you, this thing's on its last legs. Ow. Literally. Ruby took out his other leg. <laughs> Picture, like, freeze tag when you're playing freeze tag, except he is in pain. Ice crystals around all his hinges and stuff. And they just... Yeah, you see, like, a couple of giant sparks shoot out of this thing's neck, and it just falls flat on its robot face. Hell yeah, one down, three to go. Ruby looks down on it. If he only had a heart. Of course you're gonna make a Wizard of Oz reference. Uh, Yardak, uh, does Yardak still have a move action after that? I feel like he should. Uh, yeah, I haven't moved, so then I'm going to, uh, put myself near the crafter. I mean, you're already near the crafter. Essentially behind you guys, from where you're facing. I don't need to move then, so I'm good. It is going to go to the robots. There's three of them left. There's three of you here. This is gonna be easy. Uh, we're gonna start off with RC. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> you don't need to worry about little old me. Now you know how it fucking feels. I, I should make it known. I'm not using Big Green today. Because I'm being nice to everyone. And yet? Does a six hit you? No. No, it does not. Then shut up! <laughs> yeah, this thing shoots at you. Tell me how you dodge it. I throw up a portal in front of me, like, as the laser's coming to me, it goes through, and the other portal was just a little bit in front of me on the ground, and it goes, like, straight up into the ceiling. Sends a little bit of dust going around me. Oh god, I could be a huge dick and be like, well, the good news is it worked, the bad news is your portal went back in time and you just killed Ben Franklin. No electricity, uh, therefore no robots. Yeah, you dodged that with no problem. Next up is Ruby? No thanks. Uh, fuck, does 12 hit? Uh, dodge plus 10 is 21. Yeah, so... Ruby really good at getting the fuck out of the way. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you said that you dove behind, like, the pile of tires, right? Yep. You have been protected by the magic of the tires. Hooray! You call that a good year. Thanks, Michelin Man. We went different directions, Dan, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm hoping that this hits Dan because of that. Dan, a 12 doesn't hit you, does it? Nope. Damn. Yeah, so this thing tries to shoot at you. Anything fancy you want to do to dodge it? With disgust, kind of turn, like, just push my shoulder back, like, ugh. Alright, yeah, so you Vegeta that shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't really move or anything. They're kind of in the perfect vantage point already, so it's gonna go back to RC. So I have two thoughts on where I could go. Oh, that sounds painful. Two thoughts? Fuck, how do you do it? One, I telekinetically rip the door off of the pickup truck and throw it at one of them. I love that! <laughs> Two, I ready an action so that if any of them try to shoot at me, I immediately throw up a portal to send the laser back at them. One way or the other, I'll definitely allow it, but I'll be real, that truck thing's fucking hilarious. I threw that in there as a joke. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna rip the door off its hinges and and throw it at the closest robot then. Fucking grip it and rip it, you magnificent bastard. That's what he just did. Uh, 16. I'm glad the van's not in here. <laughs> Bro, what you should be happy about is that I'm not using fucking big green, because you swing this thing and take a robot's head off. You didn't even ask me what the DC was. 
Oh, yeah, what's the DC on that? I promise you, you beat it, because I just rolled a nat one, but... Yeah, DC is 25. Yeah, yeah, its head is off. I, I just reached out, ripped that door off, and sliced its head clean off. I imagine the door is, like, embedded in the wall now. And here will be the first example of why Brandon is best, DM because he gives out hero points because he thinks shit's cool. Hey, Robert, have a hero point. That was cool. I do that sometimes. Just not as frequently as I should. I do it, too. <laughs> If the door is behind me, right? The door that we came through is behind me? Yes. And then Ruby and Yardak are in front of me, or Visual Aid and Yardak are in front of me. Yardak is, like, pretty immediately in front of you. Uh, Ruby's hiding behind a pile of tires, like, kind of off to the side. So I guess I was just trying to get a sense of which... You said there was a robot at each corner. There's two behind me and two in front of me, then. Which which ones are dead? There's... Two in front of you and one behind you because Yardak destroyed the other one. Okay, what about the one I just destroyed? Or at least you said I decapitated it. I mean, I was about to ask which one you wanted that to be because there's two in front of you and then one behind you by the entrance. I imagine that I'm going to do whichever one's closer to Ruby. Ruby, left or right? Right. Then you destroy number two. Okay, so now there's one in front of me to the left and behind me in some direction? Yep, in front of you and behind you, both to the left. I want to put myself back-to-back with Yardak, then, so that I'm facing the one that was behind me. Then, that is what you do, and you both look cool, and I really wish that Ruby was there so you could be the Charlie's Angels. I thought of a dumb, funny idea. I mean, I live for those, let's hear it. Ruby is inspired by watching the crafter do that, and makes, like, something that basically looks like the door... To, like, clash down on the next one? Yeah, that sounds like something that you could do. That's fucking hilarious. Are you going for the one that is closer to the entrance, or the one that's, like, farther back? Um, I'm gonna do the one by the entrance. Alright, then, uh, roll me some dice. Ooh, that is a... Is that 23, overall? Yeah, this thing's dead as fuck. (laughs) Tell me how that looks. Uh, Ruby just kind of looked at the crafter and basically went, look, I could kind of do that and make the door appear above them. And I imagine it kind of like kind of started twisting. So it kind of ended up slicing into him. Yeah, this happens. And, uh, you know, this is the robot that said that uh, the crafter looked cool earlier. So he just looks up. Oh, shit. And then he gets cut in half. Yeah. And, uh, are we moving at all? I'll join the Charlie's Angel shit. <laughs> Fantastic. Yardak, there is one robot left. Kill it. This time, instead of just trying to freeze it, I want to just throw an ice lance right at its fucking chest. Boom. 17 plus water whips is. Eight, and that is 25 altogether. Hey, he's dead. Look at that. <laughs> cool. God, where are my other dice? Tell me how that looks while I look for something that doesn't suck ass from a straw. I threw the ice lance so hard, it took him right off his feet, flying through the air, and pinned him to the wall. Michael Myers style. All right, well, the bad news is I have another dice. The good news is you're out of initiative now. Good. And uh, the first thing you hear is just Kit screaming, What the fuck is going on? 
I pick up my phone and go, were those robots yours? I hope you didn't need them. What fucking robots? I don't know. There were robots shooting lasers at us, and now there aren't. Because I guess they're deadish. Robot? I. Ah, uh, no, it can't be. He's dead. Oh, shit. Who's dead? Uh, can, can, can you take a look at those things? Like, can you tell me anything about them? Can this be a video call? You probably would know more about them than I would. But, I mean, I can try and investigate. Like, try and... I'll say, I've got a 10 in investigation or a 10 in technology. I don't know that much about this shit. I mean, if you wanted to roll either of those, Percy... I'm gonna say technology, because the crafter's an inventor. Probably more that side of it for him. That checks out. Not, like, best rolls today, though, so that's a total of 19. I'm gonna grab a different dice. Okay, you go up to the one that Ruby basically chopped in half with the door and take a look at, like, some of the inner components. It is unmistakable that this is Okada Tech. And would the crafter be familiar with Okada Tech? The crafter would be very familiar with the fact that Okada Tech is probably the leading firm in uh, robotics research and developing AI in this day and age. And you would definitely know that Okada Tech is currently based in Highwind. What a dink! I know. After digging around a little bit, I, I kind of get my, my face a little closer to the call and basically say, Kit, looks like we're dealing with some variation on Okada Tech. Okada Tech? In Riverside? Oh, that's not good, that's not good, that's not good, that's not good. Hey, Kit, is there anything I can do to get you, your eyes back in here? Actually, yes. If you head down to the actual business end of Laser Hut, uh, there should be a large computer on a green console. I made that one a different color, so Brock could remember which computer ran his house. <laughs> that tracks. If you can get to that, then I can lead you from there. Okay, cool. I walk down to the green console. Alright, and I'm gonna have you roll me a technology check. 18 overall. Okay, uh, yeah, with that, you know, Kit kind of walks you through the process, no problem, and in two minutes, you hear kind of like a little chunk, and, uh, Kit, ha ha, beautiful, alright, oh. <laughs> oh, Brock's gonna be pissed when he gets home, his place is fucked up. Look, the robots were attacking, we had to do something. I'm not blaming you. Fuck the laser hut, what about the dogs? Oh, yes, thank you. Uh, actually, when Ruby opens up the big ol' contraption to get to, like, the business end of the laser hut, Cafe and Bodega come running out, just- Oh, bless. So happy to see humans. Hi, guys! And then I look, is there any food in here? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's food all over the place, because none of it's currently in their dish. I feed them. I just want to know if it, if we could tell by looking at them, perhaps, how long it's been- that they've been trapped, basically. If you want to roll me an investigate... 15. No more than, like, two days. Okay. Oh. I'd like to check with Kit. How long has it been since you last heard from Laserhawk? I've spent a couple days, maybe, uh... 
I think it was six days ago he tried bothering me about some case. I don't know. What was the case? Something about... God, I can never remember what your criminals are called. The Blue Floss Gang or something like that? Yeah, that, that that's it, yeah. The Blue Cross Gang? I, I can't imagine that the Blue Floss Gang would get their hands on technology like this, though. No, I, I don't think the Blue Floss Gang have anything to do with this. You know, I'm zoomed in on it right now, I'm inspecting it. You're definitely right about that being Okada Tech. I recognize Testlight anywhere. That's what I said. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I get it. I just like to see things for myself. I can't imagine that anyone outside of Highwind City would have been able to send these, but I, literally the only person I can think of that Brock has pissed off that would have access to that is six feet in the ground. You sure about that? Who is it? <sighs> they called him the Machinist. He was a former Okada Tech employee who started using the robots that he designed to give himself a financial edge, let's call it. Once Brock had locked him up the first time, you know how these villains are about their revenge, so... They fought, and they fought, until Machinist lost his life. Okay, I don't remember if Ruby has the knowledge that Brock has killed the person. Yes, yes, this is the man that Brock killed. Does Ruby have that knowledge that that happened? Roll me an insight check. Just to see if Brock would have ever mentioned that. Or if you can remember him mentioning it. Right, yeah. Uh, hypothetically, Yardak, if you wanted to roll this as well, uh, an insight check for it. Uh, 24. I only got a 14. I was gonna say, I'd like the crafter maybe to roll uh, an investigation check, only because with well-informed, I would be thinking maybe I might have heard about this. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Rip it, rip it. Brock would have mentioned it in passing, but for... You know, what I assume are pretty obvious reasons he didn't exactly ask follow-up questions. Oh, just, yes, tell me about your first homicide. I mean, that's the first thing I ask new friends. Total of 28. You don't know a lot, but you probably know a little bit more than Ruby in that, you know, it was a... You know, it was a pretty big deal when it happened. It was a massive battle that happened in the middle of Highwind City. There wasn't really any footage or anything from the battle, so, uh, you know, everything you know about it is hearsay, but you definitely know that Brock killed a man. Okay. I want to say what Ruby probably knows is Brock feels guilty about killing someone, and then just kind of infers that this is probably that person, then. Yeah, that's that checks out. Oh, I think, um, I've heard a little about that, but I don't, I don't know all the details. I remember reading about it when I got Earthbound again. Ah. <sighs> I mean, the, the most obvious place to check would be Highwind City, but it's not like you guys could take a Greyhound over. Actually. How far can your little hands teleport there, bud? Where do you want to go? Oh my god, I'm an idiot. I forgot you were with him. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Look, I wouldn't know where to start looking, but... Any idea where he's buried? We could see if that's still there. 
think he was cremated. I don't really know what they did with his remains, you know. No graveyard was really rushing to take in the machinist. Uh. Unfortunately, I've discovered that apparently people just sometimes don't cremate bodies, so... I, 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 I don't know where to start looking. But I might know who to look for. You got, like, a next to kin or something? Mm, former sidekick. His name's the Gutter Knight. <clears throat> Ever since Brock had left Highwind City. Look, I don't name these people, okay? I just, like, picturing, like, Gutter Spice. Otherwise, don't you think I'd have a cooler name than Data Kraken? No, I'd be Computer Wiz, or... Internet Overlord, or I don't know, XX Jacob XX. I think Data Kraken sounds cool. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. There was a reason you've always been my favorite, but no, Gutter Knight. <laughs> you know, since Brock left, he's become the premier hero of Highwind City. He is surprisingly well-connected. He might know more about that city than me, even. Wait, so, I'm sorry, this is the former sidekick of the villain? No. He worked with Brock. Like, as a hero or as a cop? Ah, hero. I don't think he ever really knew Brock Brock, but he worked with Laserhawk. And what are his powers? Um, that he's really good at stealing Okada tech? Wait, that's Gutter Knight's powers? Uh, yeah, he's just got a bunch of Okada tech. Yeah, he does seem like someone to look for then. And I kind of tap on my shoulder and, and Cassie comes up. Hey, boss, what's up? Thinking I might leave you here. Keep an eye on Laser Hut and on Riverside in case anything happens while we're gone. Does anybody, does anybody object to this idea? Sounds okay to me. No, it's a good idea. I will have you know that if she damages any of my programming, I will not be happy, Crafter. Should we tell Hornet that, like, um, what that Brock is missing? <laughs> that, like, we're leaving the city. That's kind of why I wanted to leave Cassie behind. She can handle any administrative work while we're gone. Hornet has been working with Brock and might also care. I mean, if you wanted to give Hornet a call, you could. I was just going to give her a text that was like, hey, I should have texted you sooner. Have you seen Brock in the last couple of days? And, you know, like a moment passes by. I'll say that, like, this is happening while you're kind of setting up Cassie. No? With, like, 50 exclamation marks and question marks. We haven't either. It doesn't seem to be at the laser hut, but there was some tech that's from Highwind here. So we're going to go look for him in Highwind. Just wanted to give you a heads up. She sends back a text like, uh, okay, I guess I can be a little more active until you guys get back. What the fuck? That would be great. I don't know what the fuck yet. Keep me in the loop? Thumbs up. And I think once, uh, once Cassie gets installed in, in the Laserhut systems, you know, as we're kind of getting ready to portal out, I think she goes, don't worry, Kraken, I'll take care of your toys. They, they're, they're not toys, alright? That, that, I, I'm gonna need you to treat them a little more seriously than that. I don't really know how much this matters, but this is my life's work. Ruby mouths this so only Cassie can see this and Kraken can't. They're a little bit toys and just kinda. 
And Kraken actually goes, oh, yeah, because I can't raise your lips on my camera. Look, I didn't know you were going to be creepy about it. I did look. That's why I saw it. Wait. Okay. Can you see in here all the time? Does does Laserhawk get any privacy? There are plenty of areas where my cameras are not on, like his private corners. However, for everything else, I like to keep an eye on my investments. And more importantly, I like to know that my friend is safe. Oh, that's nice. He's kind of the only one I have. I'll be your friend. Crafter kind of just like makes like a hand cutting motion on his neck like, mm, I don't recommend it. I saw that, Crafter. Look, we better get to Highwind. I will let you know if we find anything, Data Kraken. And then she can't help it because she, Data Kraken reminds her of Wade and he goes, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. And then she hangs up right away. I do want to know what is, does Data Kraken get Ruby's reference? He has no fucking idea, but Data Kraken is bigger calamari to munch right now. So are we doing the same thing with the van again? Trying to, like, get the van through a portal? Or are we just portaling ourselves and leaving the van? Yeah, let's leave the van here. I take a, Before we leave, I take a couple bones out for your uh, bodega and cafe. Good. Better fucking take care of my dogs. <laughs> Crafter uh, uses his gloves to move all of the robots together, like pile them up together. Alright, yeah, uh, you do that while Ruby pulls the visual aid van into the laser hut, uh, kind of closes off the door, makes sure that no one's about to come in here and start fucking with Brock's petunias. And as everybody does that, I'm gonna pet the dogs. I was thinking you could fill their, their water dishes. Yeah. yeah. The water dishes would be fine. Food, they're fine. There's enough food scattered around this floor for them to be good. Y'all get all of that shit taken care of? RC. Tell me what that portal looks like, baby boy. All right. Uh, once everybody's got their stuff in the in the laser hut, I reach my hand out, and the metal starts to glow a little bit on the glove, ripping a portal out in front of us that is just kind of a shimmering, kind of purple-pink look. All right. Yeah, you throw open the portal. Okay. And uh, I guess Crafter steps through it first. Hi there, everybody! Brandon here! I hope you guys are enjoying the episode this week. I know it's a little different. RC and I have been working on this one for a while, and I'm really excited that you guys are getting to finally listen to it. Anyway, the boss man told me to let you guys know that if you guys are interested in seeing some of the cool design art that we've been working on for characters like the Midnight Gang, Laserhawk, and people that aren't the Midnight Gang or Laserhawk, head on over to our Instagram page, at Mayhemcast. But for now, let's go back to Highwind. Well, Crafter steps through it and ends up in high wind. Are you going to poke your head through and let everyone know it's safe, or are you going to let them go through the existential butt-clenching fear of not knowing if they're about to end up in the 1500s? Actually, I think I walk through and I realize they're not coming, and I just reach my arm through and gesture, like, come on. And I just heard, I just heard to the Crafter go, I'm scared of accidentally time-traveling, okay? I never should have mentioned that. How the hell were you going to explain knowing his old-ass father? I can time travel not by accident. So on purpose. There we go. You got it. Well, so far, all I've heard about is accidental time travel. Because it's typically the more interesting one. Yeah, last time we did it, there was a dinosaur. 
I assume I'm already dressed as like visual aid, but I make like a sword and two daggers to like have on have on my person. So you step through the portal and you see yourselves on top of a tall ass building in Highwind's old town district. You know, you guys kinda look off and you see this huge futuristic skyline uh, for downtown Highwind City with all sorts of massive LED lights and advertisements uh, giving the downtown area almost a heavenly glow. Meanwhile, where you're standing can only be described as an urban hell. Just a lot of, like, old brickwork that you could tell was built like a hundred years ago and just left a rot since then. The streets are all cracked and torn over. There's almost like an air of pollution making the sky like a noxious dark yellow. You definitely understand a thing or two about why Brock's so much of an asshole now. Well, the streets are not paved with gold. <laughs> We're in a district of Highwind? Yep. And to uh, be a little more particular, uh, specific, I should say, Old Town is, like, the basically Southside Highwind. Okay. I guess I gotta try and find his old sidekick, huh? Yeah, I mean, I could try to uh, reach out to some of my contacts, see if we can find him. That's a great idea. So, that's my connected skill, Brandon? Yeah. So you set the DC at the check. Basically, I'm calling in favors with a persuasion check. Hey, Ruby, did I give you a hero point for chopping someone in half with the fucking door? No. Oh, well, I guess I'm a little late to the party. Have that hero point, fella. Nice! Ugh, not great. There's 16. So, with a 16, you know that you're at least in the right area. What you know about the Gunner Knight, he's very much a old town hero. Like, that's kind of his home base. Okay, but the people I contact don't know anything specific about, like, where I should be able to find him normally, or... People you contact just chuckle and go, huh, just wait. What does that mean? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, is, they, is he gonna come to us because we're known entities, or... That means I'm literally just waiting for one of you motherfuckers to say the word Gunner Knight out loud in character. Okay, gutter night. Well, not that simply, fucker. Is there, like, a villain bar, or, like, you know, a ruffian bar that- Yes, and the bar is called the Dirty Needle. Of course it is. Cloak is draped around him, pulled taut, and he's kind of just walking in. I make a hoodie to throw on. Dan, are you doing anything here? No, I'm just gonna, like, be regular. Cause, like, people already know me anyways. You all walk into this bar and are immediately- a wash in the scent of stale beer and piss. Gross. The radio is blaring thrash metal sensation uh, state grinder, and you see that the people who do acknowledge you just sort of shoot you like really glaring daggers into you. So when my gay ass went to Arkansas. Yeah, essentially. Can I roll a perception check to see if anyone looks... Like, that they look particularly uh, interested in us? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, rip it, rip it. Uh, 16. Yeah, but a 16, you notice that there's exactly one person who's not glaring daggers into you. And that is a 
old-ass man sitting at the very edge of the bar, like, as far away from the door as possible. Not glaring, but what's his demeanor? I mean, he's looking at you very curiously. It doesn't look like uh, there's any malice in his glance at all, but you can't exactly quite make out what he's thinking, but you're pretty sure he doesn't want to fuck you up. I think I make a gesture with my head to the others to, like, you know, let's go this way. Follow the crafter. I mean, nothing else better to do, and I surely don't want to hang around these people who look like they hate me. Yeah, I like to think I slide up next to him in the bar. Good evening, friend. Slither on up. I'm not sure I've seen you in this part of town before. Tell me, friend, what's his name? You may call me Crafter. I thought you looked familiar. Come with me. And he walks out a back door to the bar and kind of waves you through. Uh, I think I'm going to be a nice guy, and I'm going to put a little bit of a tip down, because he didn't seem to pay his tab before he left. <laughs> oh. I follow them out, and I go, did you want my name? <laughs> All things in good time. Please, follow. As soon as he walks outside and he's in the alley, you actually see him jump up onto the roof. Show off. Huh. Hey, Ruby, quick ladder. Why need ladder? He had portal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say I, I throw a portal down onto the ground and then run just like a little bit uh, next to the guy on the roof above him. I presume that situation must be serious if hero like Crafter is here. So let us properly introduce. He's got like uh, this pendant on a necklace around his neck. He actually like pokes it and you see like his old man face kind of digitize away. Ooh. And it's this, like, 22-year-old kid. Dmitry Dragunov, better known as Gutter Knight. Pleasure to meet. Visual aid. Very into whatever Mission Impossible shit just happened. Ah, uh, yes, I thought you two looked familiar as well. You work with Laserhawk, yes? Yes, which is actually what we needed to talk to you about. He got himself in trouble yet again, yes. Sounds like him. We assume we don't know where he is. I was like, oh, and this is Yardak. Pleasure. Pleasure to meet. Hmm, thing is going on with Laserhawk. Things start to make more sense around here. Things have been particularly bad here lately. You use Oconatech, right? Yes, I use technology that I repossess from capitalist cocksucker over at Okata Tech. That's fair. We were attacked by some Okata Tech robots, where Laserhawk operates out of now. We assume he left in a hurry or was taken or something because he hadn't fed his dogs? You say that you see Okata Tech in the Riverside, yes? Yes. Unusual. Unusual is very polite way to be wording. Really fucking weird? Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, a little more Russian than that, but yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we had a contact of ours examine it and said it was uh, contained at least some amount of test light, which is what pointed us in this direction. And you see that, like, he stops dead in his tracks and is like, yeah, shit. I'm supposing this is not good. I would have to be making guess it is something going on in the underground. If Okata Tech that serious get out above, I would notice. 
Unfortunately, I am far from expert on underground. They're, uh, not exactly friendly to superheroing type down there. And he kind of, like, looks up at Crafter. However, I do know man who might be able to help. He is, uh, abrasive. But if I can think of one person who is wanting to keep Brock alive, and who would be able to help you infiltrate underground and potentially find out what hell is going on, you'll be wanting to speak to Atlas the Alpha. Atlas the Alpha? Do I know who the fuck that is? Uh, if you guys want to roll insight checks, and in your case, Ruby, a pop culture check, I believe that would be higher. Oh, apparently my insight is actually higher than pop culture. Oh, well then, uh, yeah, go ahead and roll that. Uh, six plus eight. Uh, fourteen. Twenty-five. Nineteen. Ruby and Crafter, you guys would recognize the name Atlas the Alpha as one of the premier villains to come out of Highwind. This guy's whole shtick is that he wants to fight the best. Yardak will say that, like, I don't know, you got bored one day and decided to, like, Google him. Uh, you know that this guy went quote-unquote legit because Brock threatened to not fight him anymore if he keeps up the criminal shit. <laughs> All three of you know that this guy's a prick. I'm just picturing, like, a different kind of prick than Brock is, which is why they are so abrasive to each other. <laughs> or the exact same kind of prick, which is why they hate, like, are so abrasive to each other. Any idea where we can find him? Isn't he supposed to be a jerk? He is, uh, how to say politely, huge assholes. <laughs> Multiple assholes. In order to, to find him, uh, how familiar are you with the uh, Highwind City character? Captain has an inside check. Alright, I'm gonna use a hero point because I rolled one. <laughs> I mean, you've got you've, you've got one to spare. I would have been nine, but still, I'm gonna roll again. God damn it. Did it, What did you roll? The second time I rolled a two. Son of a bitch, dude. Fuck. So a dirty 20. Okay, um... I mean, you'd say that you know the area well enough. You'd be able to navigate roughly. I think I'd be able to find my way around. I've been through here a few times over the years, through a few different times. You uh, see that he kind of points to, like, the southwest. That direction is a warehouse graveyard. You'll find him there. Just look for uh, the one building that does not look like it was hit by bomb. <laughs> If uh, memory serves me, it is on a corner of 32nd Gratchit. If that be helping at all. I mean, somebody here's got a phone, right? We can GPS that. <laughs> yeah. And then portal to it. I promise you, you cannot possibly miss building. He has his name on it. Uh, of course he does. But, uh, unfortunately, as much as I would like to be joining, I will not be able to do this. The reason why I was actually in bar is because Dangerous Criminal Man is in there, and I intend on knocking out of the teeth. Well, good luck with that. I give Dimitri as a visual aid's phone number. In case you ever need visual aid, here is my, uh, my, uh, hero phone number. We're gonna start a fucking Facebook group for all the superheroes? <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, and you know what? Let's network. You seem like a good guy. Here's my number as well. Yes, I'm thanking you both for that, comrades. I will be sending text message with picture of Big Chungus. Of what? A Big Chungus. It is a, how you say, internet meme. It was a, something about Brock. He, uh, he showed me. Oh, so you, I, I wasn't sure how well you knew Laserhawk. That's, I didn't want to say his real name in, in case you didn't know it. I did not actually know a real name before just now. I just have strong suspicion that he was Brock Balea. Thank you for clarifying. Well? Good job, Ruby. You've outed a superhero. He tries to hold his smile, but you notice it kind of shifts to a scowl a little bit. It is okay. Truth be told, I should have been knowing a long time ago, but uh, what can you do? What can you do? Thank you for your help, Dimitri, and I go to give him, like, a, a handshake. Dimitri accepts the handshake and says, Please, Brock, you son of a bitch, but ultimately good guy. Please make sure that he does not be deading. We'll do our best. That description is how I know you do know him, Brock. At very least, try to ensure that death is quick and painless. It is way he'd want it. He is a, how you say, a kind of bitch with pain. <laughs> Reaper takes a front out, puts it in the GPS. Functionally, by leaving Cassie behind, Crafter has basically left his phone behind. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, obviously we're not using Google Maps because we have a stupid name for everything here. What are we calling this GPS app? I was going to say, I mean, it could be uh, Markovic Maps since he, since he already owns uh, the only the predominant social network. I like Markovic Map. Yeah, okay, I think whatever the fuck you just set out, GPS my way there. You pull out the uh, Markovic Maps app, you actually type in the address, and you see that this place is actually called, in the app, the Palace of Atlas. He added it to Markovic Maps? Oh my god. Okay, so you're portaling through then? Just like with everything else, we want to be a little bit of away from, from it, like I don't want to be inside his house. Oh no no, I'm portaling you guys across the street. Okay. What does it look like? You throw open this portal and you step through, and as described, you see that this area looks like it was hit by a bomb, except for one large, perfectly illuminated building. That's exactly like the Russian man said. Marble columns hold up a gigantic atrium. It looks like the bricks themselves are made out of pure gold. You're not 100% who is inside there, but you know that this is the house of a man who thinks very, very highly of himself. It also seems like it's holding up an ego. Why do I feel like I'm about to reenact the ending to Scarface with pure disgust just looking at the house? Wait, are we the guy with the gun, or are we Tony Montana? He would be Tony Montana because he built this monstrosity. One way or the other, you're here. Yeah, does it look like there's any particular entrance or the door's already open, or... Big, beautiful, shining mahogany doors with the most perfectly polished brass knockers shaped like biceps you have ever seen in your life. Fucking gentrifiers. <laughs> Be fair, I don't think there's anything else to fuck here. Team, are we knocking or are we going? No knock. We're just going in. So, you're just kicking in the front door? You know what? I could honestly say, this was on Google Maps, I thought it was a public place. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be a fun deception roll. Who's opening the door? 
Fuck it, I will. So you throw open the door, walk inside, and you are in this gorgeous atrium. There's a fountain in the middle, shaped like a flamingo, of course, just jettisoning in the most beautiful, crystal-clear blue water that you've ever seen in your life. And as you look up, you see this massive hall with large tables and extravagant chairs next to them. And up a staircase, up the literal red carpet, and sitting on an actual throne is where you see him. And he booms out, Who forget to knock for the home of Atlas the Alpha? You see this hulking nine-foot figure with perfectly bronze skin and these gorgeous, bulging muscles, flowing platinum blonde hair, and the babiest of baby blue eyes you've never seen. Well, Oz the Great and Powerful. No, Atlas the Alpha. Okay, Albert, we're looking for our friend. You are going to stand in the halls of the Alpha. I demand respect, if nothing else. I have been merciful. You have broken into my home and the Atlas has not rised from his chariot. Well, Mr. Alpha. Thank you. We're looking for our friend Laserhawk. <laughs> A Laserhawk. Such glorious combat. Yes, glorious combat. Anyways, he's missing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That is not good. Indeed. If Laserhawk is missing, then however shall he combat the one and the only Atlas the Alpha? All right, Schmitty Jaegerman Jensen, you're starting to get it all together here. Uh, was, that, was that in character? Oh, yeah, that was absolutely in character. That, yeah, Crafter is a little bit, what's what I'm looking for, condescending. That means he talks down to people. <laughs> You, you I recognize. Who is that, too? He's looking directly at the crafter. Pleasure to meet you. You're actually someone who I have quite a large amount of respect for, crafter. The amount of good that you have done not only this planet, but also the timeline is immeasurable. And your strength has proven time and time again to be mighty. Yes, you I respect. So I will ask in kind that you show it back. I will not ask a third time. Can you please help us, Atlas? Happily. What do you need me to do? Gutter Knight told us to find you to help us get into the underground because there were some Okada Tech robots that must have come from there that attacked us in Riverside. How unusual, we know. <laughs> uh, and this has something to do with Laserhawk's disappearance. Well, I value the health and safety of Atlas the Alpha's greatest adversary. I am not welcome in the underground. So, if I am to lead you there, then you will have to do me a favor. Sure. What? It has been... So very long since Atlas the Alpha 
has known the glory of combat. Before me stands an Atlantean, an ally of my great adversary, and one of the great heroes of our time. Please, allow Atlas to test himself. Alright! Wait, 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 wait. I... sure. If we lose, do they die? Atlas is not the cruel of a man. These two will be safe. You have insulted me twice. I cannot ensure the same. Getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Aren't we all? I'm 48. He does not look like a 48-year-old man. No, he does not. But I also do not look like a 50-year-old man, so... Am I the only one here who ages correctly? Pretty much. I don't know about you, but I'm aging well. I mean, Brock's basically pickled himself, so I'd say he's doing alright. Yeah, he's aging like milk. <laughs> Crafter crinkles his neck. I guess we're doing this. Oh, I would say Ruby goes, let's go, and takes a sword out. The three of you have made me the happiest alpha in the Midwest. He stands up. You see his hulking frame seemingly puff up even bigger. Cracks his knuckles, steps down the stairs, down the red carpet, and then proceeds to take a boxing stance, smiles and says, All right then, glorious combat. And that's initiative. 17. 14. 15. Atlas is last, right? So Atlas is first. Yeah, I saw that coming. And with a speed that you would not expect from someone his size, he quickly clears the distance between himself and you, Yarnak. That tracks. And he swings his fucking big old tree trunk arms at you. Oh, oh. Oh, boy. Does a 26 hit? Jesus, yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, that's going to be a... Uh, that's gonna be a DC check of 18. Ooh, not bad. Okay, uh, 27. So look, Dan, it didn't feel great, but you did manage to roll with the punch as this man clocks you in the jaw, and you quickly realize that if he actually tags you, it's, it's not gonna be good. Ooh. So I'm going to, uh, take the punch. I'm gonna, like, use that chance to, like, hop back a sec. <laughs> Okay, well, you're actually next up, so you can tell me what you do here. Okay, so then, in that case, what I want to do is, like, as he, like, punches me, I want to hop back and take my water and kind of give him a quick, like, one-two with, uh, some water. Twenty-one. All right, so what's the DC on that one? Uh, twenty-four. Describe to me how it looks. Basically, because he punched, I'd, like, hop back, and i do a quick one-two punch to send him not a whip, but, like, blobs of water at his face. This ends up nailing him pretty fucking hard. You feel like with most opponents, this would have, like, really made them, like, grimace face. Instead, he very anime style. Wipes away a bit of a trickle of blood from his lip, smiles at you. Oh, Atlas is going to enjoy this. And, uh, you still have a move action? Uh, you look at the tank it, baby. Where am I in location, everybody? Were we just, like, kind of, like, standing in a line and he just came down? 
Essentially, yeah. You're, like, in a big, empty warehouse, essentially. Like, there's a couple tables and shit lying around, but... I want to just take my spear out, then. Alright, you've got your spear out at the ready, and with that, it is Ruby's turn. Ruby's gonna go up with the sword and make it look like she's gonna attack with the sword, and then get rid of the sword, make a dagger, and, like, stab from the other side. I believe that the scientific term for that is actually locating the shit out of it. In Latin, it's locium shitorum. And then would that be one extra effort, and then I could use one of my hero points to not be fatigued. That sounds about right to me. So I'd have to roll create and then some stab in action, right? That sounds about right. So roll for create first. Okay, a 17. A 17 will do it. So roll the stick'em. We made the blades real high. Um, I rolled a 19 and the blades are 16. Holy shit. Get fucked. This guy's skin's probably very hard. So 35 altogether. Yeah, you fucking hit him. What's the DC on that? 19. This guy would have rolled one higher, he'd have been fine. <laughs> yeah, you take this thing, you know, he starts to, like, brace himself for the slash of the sword, but then you pull an old Texas switcheroo, kind of like RC and I did tonight, you stick him right in between the ribs, and he just... <clears throat> Cliver. This is Ruby's revenge for, like, I don't know, your friends with the, this one dude? Atlas has no friends. Only combatants. No, though, the, the, the only reason he wanted to fight Ruby is that he was, that Ruby is friends with Laserhawk. And Ruby's like, you should want to fight me because I'm fucking cool. Forgive me, I don't get HBO. <laughs> and with that, it is going to be RC's turn. So I have an idea for a power stunt, but I want to run it by y'all first real quick. Basically ready in action so that if he goes, the next time he goes to attack, I mean, I guess technically I could just do this without readying it, but how do I put this? Essentially open a portal beneath him and immediately, like, as he falls through, close the portal to ensnare him. Like chop him in half? No, I said ensnare, like. (laughs) To trap him. Okay. His DeVito-like frame couldn't fit through. Clever. Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, there goes my other hero point. Hopefully this works. It didn't work, I can tell you that much, because uh, my total is going to be 11. Ooh. I rolled in one again. Fuck me, dude. God damn. Get a new dice. So, uh, yeah, essentially you go to open up this portal with how much portaling and the distances you've had to clear today. It kind of, like, boots out on you this attempt. Fuck. You just hear out. Do you want to try, like, a move action or anything, or... I am going to portal myself basically behind him on the other side of the room. Okay. Basically, I'm going to do my best to stay out of his uh, direct sight line. All right. uh, Yeah, you poof behind him. No problem. It is back to Atlas. And uh, Ruby, you're literally right in front of him. Oops. So he is going to uh, just swing his arm up and try to, like, what do I need to roll for this? So the first thing I gotta do is roll to see if it hits you. Was a 14 hit? Okay, 19 is my parry plus 10. Yeah, so you managed to, like, just avoid this thing, right? You felt the wind rush through your hair as his big ol' meaty dick skinners 
fly past your face. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. <laughs> With his move action, he's gonna kind of, like, re-pivot himself. So he's facing uh, Yarnak and Ruby. Uh, Crafter, you would still be behind him. He didn't even really notice here. But with that, we are back to Yardy. Cool. I want to jab my uh, spear through his calf. All right. Roll for it. All right. That is not great. That is a (laughs) four plus ten. Fourteen. So you got a stab, but he just sort of lifts his leg. I'm sorry, but getting stabbed once tonight is more than enough. Yeah, I'll try again. So then I hop back out of the way. All right, with that, it's going to go back to Ruby. Okay, so he's like staring right at me, right? Yep. I'm going to razzle-dazzle him. Ooh, all right. DC 15, impaired, disabled, unaware. Oh, this dude got fucking dazzled. He got dazzled. <laughs> so, uh, tell me what it looks like here. Ruby goes up. I think he's getting ready for her to try and stab him again. And just colorful lights come out of her hands from everywhere. <clears throat> what is this illusionary magic? When she clowns the eyes of Atlas the Elfo. And I just look at him and go, why do you think I'm called Visual Aid? I don't know your fucking name. And uh, are you moving or anything? Nah, so far, it's been fine. Steve, it's time to craft. Minecraft jokes, anyone know just me? Okay. So how hurt does he look? He's a little fucked up. He could be more fucked up. Alright, I'm just wondering if it's worth it to try hitting him with a portal blast of lava. Jesus. Do it! I forgot you could do that. Mostly because I, uh, I don't- or water even, I could do a really- a water from the bottom of the ocean, that kind of pressure. Oh. And I could do some stuff with it. Little team attack. That's true. Mostly what I'm concerned about is like, you know, this combat is for his help. And I feel like if we destroy his fucking house. Mm. He's not going to be thrilled about that. He gets to redecorate. I don't want to destroy his house because that may make him less likely to want to help us. I mean, he's the one who wanted to fight. That's true. You could just bring a lot of water in and I'll contain it in a sphere and drown him. And then I'll resuscitate him. (laughs) We win. You know what? I'm going to try doing bottom of the ocean water. Just opening up like a small portal, and I'm hoping the pressure will just be enough. Roll to uh, knock him with your wawa. Damn, 19. It hits. What's the DC on that? 27. Oh, wow, okay. So you know how I was just saying he's fucked up, but he could be more fucked up? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Is he more fucked up? He's more fucked up. Tell me what that looks like. I think Crafter kind of drops to one knee, points his fingers forward to open a very small, like, baseball-sized portal. Uh, And then meanwhile, on the other side, he's opening a big one at at the bottom of the ocean. And he's doing it just long enough till it gets this guy knocked back. But it's a lot of pressure just immediately flowing from that and pushing into this semi-visually impaired man. This man comes out and just fucking wrecks him. Like, he's stumbling all over himself. He doesn't quite fall on his ass. But you can tell that that is only because this is a man who understands his body like Albert Einstein understood physics. Theoretically? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciated that, RC. That was really good. You get a hero point. Wait, really? 
No. <laughs> okay. Are you moving or anything after that? I'm gonna hold my hold my ground for now. First things first, then we're back to Atlas. So we got to roll to see if he can see again. <laughs> the only reason why he's still fucked up is because of that negative two penalty. Hell yeah. Yeah. So he trying to get water out of his eyes and like get himself like all figure out again. Fuck this! Time for the power move. Applause of Jupiter. And he slaps his hands together, and a shockwave shoots out toward Yardak and Ruby. Oh, okay. Oh, damn. So, first I'm going to roll on Yardak. 16's not going to hit you, is it? Parry or dodge? Oh, either way, no, it wouldn't hit. Okay, then you're fine. Ruby... Does a six hit... Fuck, hope not. So, you both managed to get out of the way of this, and good riddance, too, because you see that the shockwave just sends the big heavy table that was in the middle of the room fucking flying out a window. Damn it, that sounded expensive. I'll make you a new one. Atlas uh, would appreciate that. <laughs> it's back to your deck. Alright, one more stabby stab. Rip it, rip it. Ooh, nat fucking 20. Yes! Yeah, uh, I mean, what's the DC on that just for... 26. Yeah, you fucking nailed them. Tell me what that looks like. You ever see, like, a... Like, just get a really nice, moist, juicy chicken breast and just stab your knife in it? It was like that, but my spirit to his calf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Atlas does appreciate that. Oh, I give Atlas a shrug. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck you for making me think of Ayn Rand. I was having such a good night. Right? Anyways, I believe next up is Ruby Doo. It is Ruby's turn. Fuck it, he can't see now. I'm, st- I'm stabbing him again with the dagger. I rolled a 19 again. <laughs> I mean, you had him. What's the DC on that? 19. Ah, sweet mother goat shit. You guys are fucking this guy up. Yeah, tell me what that looks like. Uh, Ruby can tell, like, oh, he can't see me still, and just, um, I'm gonna imagine she stabs him in the other calf with her dagger. Hell yeah. God damn it! It's gonna be really hard to get you guys to the underground if you keep stabbing my fucking legs! I know, we never establish how this ends, buddy. Preferably with me walking, and you three on the ground. Well, today's not your day, bud. Starting to look like it. Fuck. <laughs> We've got some healing stuff that can help you out. Fucking better, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but I see it's your turn. What is there in the room that I could throw at him? Tacky shit. Tables, chairs, couple statues around. Ooh, I'm gra- is it a statue of him? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to know where he got these commissioned, but instead I'm going to throw one at him. Uh, Highwind City has a very vibrant art scene. What money does he have? Atlas money. Atlas money. Ah, uh, 20? Does 20 hit? Uh, yeah, 20 fucking rocks and- Okay, uh, DC of 25. Okay, yeah. Tell me what that looks like. Uh, yeah, I imagine the statue's, like, right next to Crafter, and he reaches, like, one arm out, 
picks it up and lifts it above like his own head and then immediately just arcs it across the room and it breaks on Atlas's head from behind. And yeah, Atlas just sort of falls like flat on his face, lays there for a minute and without moving. All right. Fuck. Uh, I'll help you. And I just look over and I go, I'll make you one of those two. One of what I can't fucking see. And when he says that, I want to say, um, don't worry, bud, I got you. And then take all the water that was in that flamingo pool and just kind of encompass his body and give him like a quick zap peel. 24. Yeah, so essentially he's all right. Yeah, you give him a heal and he kind of picks himself up off the ground. He's still kind of bleeding a bit in his chest from where, uh, Ruby had stabbed him earlier, but he makes his way to a, uh, that I'm not going to describe it. Just imagine a gaudy cabinet opens it up and he's got like some ace bandages and shit in there. I have to admit, the three of you provided a greater challenge than Atlas the Alpha expected. And for that, you have my respect. Awesome. Now it's time to kick ass and take names. Give you a lot of people to fight. Here, and I make I make the table and the statue as best I can. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was imagining that as uh, he was bandaging himself up, the crafter is like moving stuff back into where it was. Atlas appreciates this. <laughs> to go through the underground, you're gonna need to go through some of the most dangerous parts of Highwind. Luckily for you, you will be accompanied by Atlas the Alpha. So I highly doubt that anyone will attempt to mess with you. We can make disguises too, and I kind of like make myself a little, uh, kind of a blue cross gang, kind of like. Bandana? Was that all I had? Yeah. I don't know, I was just imagining that the hoodies I used to make, just so you know, you couldn't see my mask and stuff. It's very clever for you. Atlas does not believe that this will help Atlas. He's just gotta believe. Yeah, so you guys kind of fix up the area, Atlas patches himself up, and after, like, maybe five minutes, he, uh, looks at you three and says, All right, then. Follow your alpha. I didn't say you were my alpha. Excuse me? This, uh, there's some weird werewolf-thic shit coming up in here that Facebook tries to keep getting me to read. Come now. Werewolves aren't real. That's silly. We can't let him know about Ulrich. I want to challenge him. Accurate. Of of course, werewolves are not real. That is that is correct. Well, uh, yeah, Atlas throws open his giant, beautiful mahogany doors and says, "Follow Atlas." Oh, right, so we're we're going like through the th- wardrobe into the, like a passageway? Oh no no no! He like goes outside of his house. Oh, uh, I was like secret tunnel. God, as cool as that would have been to just have him have like an entrance to the underground in his fucking wardrobe. Fucking Narnia shit. Back to the war-torn streets of Old Town Highwind. So yeah, he, uh, navigates you guys through, like, shitty-shifty-looking town until you approach an abandoned subway tunnel. Ooh. And he gestures you through and says, Follow Atlas. Takes you down to this abandoned subway tunnel, and, uh, You're sort of navigating your way through it, and you're really wondering, like, okay, what the fuck's this guy doing? Until you see, like, a crack in the tunnel with this orange illumination coming out of it. 
And Atlas points and says, This is the area that you seek. Atlas cannot go with you any further. However, Atlas can tell you where you should go. That will be most helpful, thank you. You will go down into the tunnel and eventually reach a sprawling area known as Subway City. Make a left and continue the travel until you see the sign for a building for Underground Radio Revolution. There you will meet a child named Mosey. He is the one you seek. A child? I understand how outrageous this sounds, but Atlas can assure you that there is no man, woman, nor child that understands the undergrounds, as well as young Mosey. So you're saying he Mosey's about the underground? Yes, I believe that is how he got his name. And he gestures towards the orange illumination. Alright, let's head down the sub to Subway City. Bloop, 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 bloop. Everyone roll me an acrobatics check. <laughs> what? 18. 17. 18 overall. Okay, so this path is haggard as shit, but you guys manage to uh, navigate your way through it. And when you get to the bottom, you see Subway City. A city constructed in decommissioned subway tunnels. There's these large, oppressive, brutalist concrete buildings lining the walls. In between these concrete buildings, there's like these tin metal shacks. Everything is illuminated with fluorescent lighting and neon. Everything is filthy and rusted. And just fucked. Sounds like a great place. Chapter 48. The gears keep turning. Masks and Mayhem uses the Mutants and Masterminds 3rd Edition by Green Ronin Publishing. We are not affiliated. This episode was written, produced, and kidnapped from a warehouse by myself, Pope Brandon Brownson. You can follow the show for free on all major podcast platforms. If you like what we do, please tell a friend. It's the best way possible to help us reach more people. Our official art is by Jen Evans, and our branding is by AJ Solomon. Our theme music is done by myself, Pope Brandon Brownson. Additional music credits, social media links, blog posts, and episodes can be found on our website at masksandmayhem.com. Fuck these two if they didn't. <laughs> You're just like, fuck yeah, I had fun. I didn't have to prepare this week. I mean, that that, that, that does give a, a boost, uh, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so what did we all think of tonight? This was fun, but what the fuck? When, is this, when was this decided?
<laughs> They're very you characters. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, so essentially how uh, this came about was I had actually messaged RC during season one, I think it was. Was it during season one or was it in between seasons? We definitely talked about the possibility of you eventually doing something. Like That's probably where the, the seed started, at least. Yeah, like, I messaged RC before. Hey, bro, wouldn't it be fun to fuck with Rachel and Dan by doing an old Texas switcheroo? I guess, yeah, that was newer. The, when I say season one, you were messaging me about, like, wanting to DM an episode at some point. Yeah, um... I knew you were interested in that, but I thought I would have warning before that. <laughs> oh, no, no, I went out of my way to make sure that you guys would have no... No, I think it was better that way. Yeah, it would take me a couple seconds to I was like, it's... Yeah, you definitely thought it was. You definitely thought it was a joke at first. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I watched like that smile and just slowly fade away as so you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck is go? God, please no. <laughs> no, you're a good DM. That's fine. The first time I was gonna play D and D, you were supposed to be the DM, and then that fell apart. But. But uh, yeah. What did you guys think of Atlas and the Gunner Knight and Highwind as a whole? Sorry, Brock, about revealing your secret identity, but the Gutter Knight is cool. <laughs> okay, cool. I was worried if I made the Gutter Knight a bit more of a caricature. Like, I knew what the Gutter Knight was going to be. A lot of the characters that I've introduced here are actually from my own superhero universe. I figured. You know, I had an idea of, like, what I wanted the Gutter Knight's power set to be. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but I kind of accidentally made him very Hornet-esque, but I had no idea what I was going to do for his character, and it was actually during our bathroom break, right before you guys got the high wind, I was just doing a couple silly voices to myself while, and the Russian one sort of stuck. <laughs> no, the Russian one worked. I was, like, wondering if he was also based off a wrestler, but probably not. Uh, him, no. Russian accent I use is based off Nico Bellic. I don't really have any more post-episode questions. RC, you usually do this shit. I enjoyed beating the shit out of Atlas. Yeah. You know, I was really worried that Atlas the Alpha might have been a bit much. Like, I think that before I even had an idea of what the adventure was going to be, like, all of this started with Atlas the Alpha. That's fair. Like, that was the launch point of, like, I thought of that, I thought of how much fun it would be to have Ruby and Yardak uh, interact with that character, and, you know, like, eight months later, it led to tonight. Because this has been, like, a while in the making. Damn. Oh, yeah. Uh, another thing that I got a kick out of was, uh, did you guys notice that a lot of the shit that I've been sprinkling throughout the season is starting to pay off here? I mean, absolutely, I did, but only because I've been kind of on the lookout for it. Like, all of your backstory finally, like, becoming, like, a cohesive thing? Oh, yeah. Like, I've mentioned so many characters, like, basically leading up to this adventure. Like, a lot of the groundwork and backstory that I've been laying down for Lazy. Like you killing a man? Yeah, exactly. Like me killing a man. <laughs> that was entirely to set up this adventure. Uh, well, it was more so to get him to quit killing men, but, you know, we'll get to that. <laughs> I guess I want to know how everyone felt about working alongside the crafter, particularly, like, you know, as an actual cast member. Very useful. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I like us getting to skip road trip or taking really long flights. Everyone loves to be a convenience. 
it was fun getting to see RC like actually get to play. Yeah. Because I've never actually gotten to play with RC in that way. RC's always been my DM. Except for that one time we played Harsh Generation. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is also my first time ever playing Mutants and Masterminds as a player. No shit. Oh, weird. Yeah. You're kidding me. No. I'm your first DM for Mutants and Masterminds. Yeah, my only games playing Mutants and Masterminds have all been as, as a DM. Oh, that's so fucking weird, because this is my first time DMing it. Which is really weird, because, like, my favorite style of games to DM are, like, superhero affairs. I've just never run Mutants and Masterminds before. I also just wanted to, like, I immediately knew that I wanted to set my playstyle different than the other two. One, in that the crafter is much more of a defensive player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, is I wanted to make a shit ton of use of advantages, which y'all seem to forget you have a lot of the times. Fucking constantly. Yeah, the crafter has 19 advantages. <laughs> wow, you got rock beat by five. I currently have 15. See, a part of the reason is I knew Brandon was amused by my anvil shit, so I was like, I'll do an anvil shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that made me very happy. Like, if you would have knocked that motherfucker out, then you would have gotten two hero points in the same encounter. Actually, question, did you, like, pretty much introduce the crafter to have him for this? Um, about 40% for this, 60% because I wanted to continue expanding the world building. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, I think that when R.C. pitched the crafter, he'd mentioned that, like, it was a character that he had an idea for, but he never really had a reason to, like, make him. Yeah, like, he's been a mentioned character a couple times, but, like, I didn't know when he would specifically appear. Like, I thought about having him appear in the season finale last year, like, when all of the other, like, when Mira the Mystic and, and Gemini came back, I thought about having him be alongside of it, but then I was like, no, I'm gonna put him off, I wanted to put him off-world specifically also to explain why he hasn't been, like, just intervening in a lot of y'all's shenanigans. Right. Like on Supergirl, how they always have to be like, Superman's on this other planet right now, otherwise he'd be kind of a dick for not showing up here. 